0: Right now, get up to 30% off at bluenile.com, bluenile.com. These two guys
1: have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shaw on Score North and scorenorth.com. I don't, I don't know what that feels like to play Seattle at home. You uh, get every year it's uh, at Seattle Monday <laughs> Night Football. So, uh, that'll be uh, that'll be a little different, but I'm excited about it. Man,
0: 65,000 fans screaming for the home opener against the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> He's so
1: right. Adam Thielen on Vikings Entertainment Network. I think that was uh, Gabe Henderson, who does a good job hosting for, for VEN. All right, boys, this is one of our favorite days every week. I mean, there's only seven to choose from, but Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd.
2: Reckless Speculation. Reckless <laughs> Speculation.
1: Let's get it. Joe, what bobbleheads are you rocking for this Reckless Speculation
2: Thursday? Oh, Sid Hartman? Of course, Arnold? Sid. Of course, Sid, because he, he's a staple. Janelle
0: McCarville, Janelle oh, yeah. links home opener
2: tomorrow Friday night. Love it against I believe the Mercury of Phoenix. If I am not mistaken,
0: it is Phoenix. Love it. In fact, Phoenix I'm bonding Mercury. with Sylvia Fowles later this afternoon. A little one on one gathering her and I via Zoom. Yeah, they get Phoenix, and then over the next week and a half, they get Seattle twice. So we'll learn a lot about the links, <laughs> we can't even get though they're away not Seattle. They don't have their full complement of players. Because some players are still <laughs> stuck overseas, but I know this much in some conversations with Cheryl Reeve going back multiple months. I mean, she really feels like she has assembled a roster that can win a championship. So it should be a fun year. Yeah, uh, Doogie, we're going
1: to put you on the spot here. That's the voice and the face. If you're watching on the score North YouTube channel, thanks for getting us over 5,000 subscribers on that channel this week. Um, we're almost to 20,000 total subscribers across purple daily and score North YouTube channels. So thanks to everyone for clicking the subscribe button. If you listen in audio form, We appreciate that. You can find everything we do at scorenorth.com. But Darren Doogie Wolfson, the Scoop podcast on scorenorth.com, and also uh, an insider here, inside information about your favorite local sports teams as part of the 5 Eyewitness News uh, crew over there. So, Doogie, we all predicted the Vikings win-loss total last night on our Purple Daily live schedule release party. Now that you've seen the order of the opponents, what does your gut say for wins for the Vikings this year?
0: Double-digit wins. Is that 10? Is that 11? Maybe more realistically, it's 10-7. and Not 11-6, and but yeah, I think they can win double-digit games. I get it. They have those two cold-weather games, early January, Lambeau Field, December, Soldier Field. Yet another game in Chicago that's under the lights. Yep. Like, they never play Chicago just in a conventional Sunday <laughs> noon game. I mean, I know it's happened at least once in the last decade or so, but seemingly every year it's a night game in Chicago. I think it'll be tough to play uh, Detroit on that Sunday, then Pittsburgh on that Thursday. Like, Campbell, the new coach of Detroit, seems like he's a maniac, and so he wants his it. guys to I be uber-physical, so... Presumably the Vikings, you know, get beat up that Sunday, then it's a quick turnaround to play the Steelers. You know that will be a physical game, but I look at the Steelers, they don't game. blow me away. So, like to me, the Steelers on a Thursday night at US Bank Stadium, that's a game the Vikings should win. See, so yeah, I think there's a path to double digit victories. I do. What in your mind,
2: Dugues, what saves jobs? Like what makes everybody secure? Eleven wins, playoff, they win a playoff game. What what do you you think needs to be achieved by the GM and probably more importantly, the coach where we get done with 2021 and everybody takes a deep breath and says, see you in 2022.
0: Well, I mean, I think, heck, I mean, circumstances can change really fast, right? Like what if September 12th opener in Cincinnati, Kirk Cousins, who's been Mr. Durable, goes down with a torn ACL, right? So like, I know that's a cop out, Judd. I get it, but like, I need to see how the year plays out. To okay, some let's say extent. it plays out. Let's say it
2: plays out with, with for the most part, good health, including the. the I think QB. both are back.
0: I do. Yeah. I mean, now if they end up winning seven and it's double digit losses, mm-hmm. yeah, we can revisit this conversation. I mean, I think you know they're on the the so called hot seat. I'm not dismissing that notion, but if I had to predict right now. I think Zim and Spielman are back when we're having this conversation one year from now.
1: Yeah, you, you brought up that stretch after the bye. I mean, on paper, and a lot of things can change, you know, we, we, and we'll dive into this on Purple Daily. Like, the, the second half of the schedule is always sort of a mixed bag of teams that failed to live up to expectations, and there's a team that pops up. But based on what we know right now, you've got those the brutal four road games in five weeks, and then right after that stretch – you get a Thursday night game against Pittsburgh, and so I think they have to get off to a hot start. But you also have two road games to start the season uh, before you get the three straight home games. So if they get off to a hot start, like a four and two, I think they can weather that storm, play some five hundred football out of the bye, and then can they beat Chicago twice in a month? Can they? Is, if Aaron Rodgers is or isn't playing, like that makes a huge difference in in this equation too. So. It's a, it's an interesting, fascinating order of opponents, Doogie, and uh, I'm with you on the double-digit wins. We all had 11 wins yesterday when we went through game by game, and so we all have set a pretty, not an astronomically high bar, but like, go win 11 games and, do, and make some noise in the playoffs. Our slogan for this year's Vikings team, Doogie, is no excuses. No excuses. You spent a lot of money on defense. You drafted a couple potentially starting offensive linemen. Kirk Cousins is in his prime. Had a great nine-game stretch at the end of the season last year. No excuses. Go get it.
0: I'm with you. Let's not forget they had a losing record at home last year. Presumably, right, with that home field advantage, that yeah. should change. Heck, if you're going to play Cincinnati like the Vikings are, give me Joe Burrow week one coming off the ACL, right, not week 10. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, from a, from a luck standpoint, they lucked out in that regard. I'm not a big fan of three consecutive home games. Agreed. They don't play three consecutive row games at all. They do have those three consecutive home games relatively early in the schedule. So you're right, Phil, right? Like, start four and two. The way the schedule sets up, and I get it, the home game against Cleveland will not be easy. The home game against Seattle will not be easy. Week two at Arizona certainly will not be easy. But with those three consecutive home games, there certainly is an opportunity to get out to the sort of start that you laid out. To Phil's point, too,
2: what makes this so intriguing right now to me is one thing, and it has nothing technically to do with the Vikings. It's Green Bay. Like, if you think think about this, if Rodgers is going to come back, then it's very hard to um, to dismiss the Packers, and they probably, you know, with, with the past two years, Dukes, n- need to be considered the favorite in the division. Absolutely. If he comes yes, back, if right? he comes back, for sure. But if he doesn't come back, all hell breaks loose, and you don't go from... Rodgers to a veteran You go to Jordan Love, and I mean, the, what do you mean, Blake Bortles? Yeah, but I mean, Zim is going to Zim is going to be licking his chops there. And here's the last thing: if Rodgers doesn't come back right now, right now, in my opinion, Kirk Cousins easily has to be the best quarterback in the division. Jared Goff is coming off a disappointing year. I have no idea with with Man Campbell as his coach if <laughs> Goff is going to be good, right? <laughs> Chicago might be okay eventually, but it's probably Dalton week one. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me cousins again, hopefully, right? And Jordan Love possibly? So like this, the, the pendulum swing here, if Rodgers doesn't play, is Vikings, 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 and then I think maybe Bears.
0: Agree. Yeah, I don't disagree Very with that. Where are we at right now exactly on Rodgers? Like, I firmly believe he's playing. He's not sitting out. He's not pursuing the full-time Jeopardy gig. So, like, how does this play out? Like, I thought two weeks ago it was inevitable that a trade eventually does happen. So, I guess over a two-week period, I shouldn't necessarily, you know, waffle on that take. Yeah. But there are others, John Kuhn, some other former Packers that are still close to Aaron that think, hey... You know, maybe it won't be holding hands singing kumbaya, but at some point, Aaron is going to report back to Green Bay that he'll play for the Packers this year. I mean, do they
1: the, – the Packers do have leverage in that. I don't, I don't think they have as much leverage as some people think because I, I legitimately think Aaron Rodgers would sit out a full season. See, I don't. And, and make Jeopardy money before he would play for the Packers again. I think he's that vindictive. Mm.
0: I mean, it reminds me, what year was it with AP? If he's, if he's willing Vikings to, then, had, then they don't have were leverage. We're not trading you, Judd. Was that 15 or 14? When he was suspended or what? Well, when he wanted out, the Vikings wouldn't trade him. Uh, Zim 14. went down to Houston at one point. 14, I believe. And I think Rick went too. Yeah, they they both did, yeah. So, I mean, sort of a comparable situation yeah, where the Vikings now, said we're AP, not moving you.
2: But, but AP is vindictive in AP's own way. But Aaron might be an all timer. I mean, this man literally instructive did cut his family out.
1: AP was also struggling financially yeah. behind the scenes more than people probably mm-hmm. knew. Uh, I don't know what Aaron's financial status is, but it doesn't. I mean, there's there's never been any reports of lavish birthday parties with four golden camels. So I don't I don't know that he's. Which like, is a shame. Like, right how do you, you not have that? I
2: had that. I was riding around on a camel at my fiftieth. It was man. great. Yeah. I told Don get the camel. Get the camel.
1: Aaron Aaron also doesn't have kids. i mean, just saying like I think he's in a good spot financially where uh and and if he's that vindictive but but like if the if the Packers want to look at the things that that they have leverage on, right? They wouldn't do this until after June 1st anyways because of the cap hit. They have to wait till after June. Now you could, well, they you, do. could I mean, you could agree to, a trade to it right now.
0: now. They could agree to a yep. trade right now and just wait until June 2nd.
1: But I think if you wait if you wait like 3 more weeks on this and the Broncos start to get antsy, like, okay, all right, we're already through, like, a bunch of virtual meetings in the off season. We need to get – if we're going to do this, we need to get our guy in here uh, ideally sooner. Now, Brett Favre came in, like, two preseason games in, and it worked. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I'm wrong on that. But I, I think the Packers' leverage is waiting for a few more weeks, and we'll see what happens.
0: I'm with Judd, though. I mean, heck, everything is sitting there for the Vikings to be the Kings of the North once again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's weird, but there's something to be said about these odd number years with Zim 15, 17, 19, now 21. That a pissed off Zim coming off a non playoff year is an uber motivated Zim. That now that he has his horses back on defense, that defense should be upper half of the league, if not, you know, top seven, top eight ish that they should find a way to win. I mean, maybe you guys are, are more right than I am, that it's more like 11 wins, maybe 12, not 10. But I do think there's a path to double-digit victories. And if there is, they're a playoff team and everybody's back in 2022.
1: You guys want to transition into some uh, some Wolves here? I know Doogie's got a bunch of bunch of Wolves. Yeah, we'll nuggets, get to Wolves in so... a
0: second. Let's not forget, though, the Vikings roster is still, to some extent, incomplete. You know, they've, they've kicked the tires on okay. wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. They've kicked the tires on... Pass rusher Ryan Kerrigan, you know, if it's not Kerrigan, maybe it's a different pass rusher. If you look at the remaining free agents, pass rusher is about the deepest position right now. You know, Everson Griffin is still out there. Not that I see a path where Griff is back here, but you've got yeah. Melvin Ingram. trying to rip
1: yeah, he sort of I mean, ripped Kirk. I mean, he was well, not he, sort of. Yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he eviscerated yeah. <laughs> Kirk.
2: Hey, he was upfront about it. Okay, sort <laughs> <Thought> of. <laughs> you know, but he. he, he did I think, Don't
1: forget. I think apologize. at one point he literally tweeted Kirk is ass, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah,
0: Every single he apologized is as entertaining as it gets, and I know that mentally he's in a better spot now than he was a couple of years ago. You know, so I can. I can certainly enjoy when, when he goes on some of those Twitter rampages. <laughs> but, yeah, the <laughs> point is, whether it's Griff, Melvin Ingram, Kerrigan, there's a bunch of pass rushers available. Plus, they have kicked the tires also on an interior defensive lineman, Geno Atkins. So I, I think they add to the defensive line at some point, point. and I can see them, whether it's D.D. Westbrook or some other receiver. I know Larry Fitzgerald Jr. is a popular name. I can see them bringing in a vet receiver at some point.
1: Ooh, I, I love the Larry idea. I think he might be cooked, but...
2: I love the idea of
0: him helping out in the room, but I'm not quite sure the room needs all that much help. Like, I don't know if there's much of a fit on the field. Would they be forced to give him a target or two a game? Heck, are you forced to dress him every Sunday?
2: I'd give him a target or two a game. Like, if that's the requirement, I'd do that in a heartbeat.
0: I like the idea of Westbrook Moore. Now, he's coming off the ACL, but maybe he can stretch the field... A little bit. Yeah, in well, emergency you know West- in a pinch, he can help you on special teams. My
2: problem there is the Vikings always sign this guy. They always sign the Westbrooks. Hey, it's a late signing. He's going to make a contribution by week six. Healthy, inactive. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, Tajay Sharp. Yeah, Tajay Sharp. yeah, the prime example. We've had so many of those guys, and it drives me crazy because every time they're like, oh, this guy's going to fit in perfect. Yeah, we're going to cut him.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not, if I could translate what Doogie just said, it sounds like the Vikings are looking for some insurance. Along their defensive line. <laughs> and if you're a business owner looking for insurance, looking for risk management, protection, peace of mind, Federated Insurance is the co- the company you should partner with. So they've been around for over 100 years. They are one of us based in Oatana, And you can find out more information about the industries Federated Protects. And you can you can find contact info to just talk to uh, a fellow human who uh, can help your business at FederatedInsurance.com. Dot com, And that's where you can also find out about MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Federated. It's our business to protect yours. Uh, all right, so I'm on tankathon.com here just to do a little, little number crunching and math. Uh, so the, I think, I don't know if it's, if it's fully understood yet that the NBA changed their lottery odds a few years ago. And so as the Wolves look to potentially give themselves the best odds, uh, to keep their top three protected pick from going to Golden State, they'd need to finish in one of those top three or bottom three spots that would give them a 40% chance to keep the pick. Um, so the problem is they've been playing really well lately, and they've been, they've been beating some of these teams like Detroit and Orlando that in theory uh, they're, they're chasing. In the t- so they're, they're doing damage to their chances to keep the pick, but, Doogie, you talked to Gerson Rosas for like 40 minutes this week. We talked to him a couple weeks ago. I don't really care. to. I mean, I would like the pick. Don't get me wrong. But this team playing well with this core is much more important than whatever pick you're going to get in the top three. Am I wrong on that?
0: No, because last time I checked, 40% is still below 50%. So at best, hmm. you're still in all likelihood losing the pick. Now, don't get me wrong. If you can give me pick one, two, or three, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, or Evan Mobley, sign me up. By the way, I love the idea of Evan Mobley, the USC big man with Carl Anthony Towns, guarding power forwards. Maybe not for the duration of an entire game, but for stretches, 100% I'm on board with that. By the way, Gerson Rosas is on board with that. I ran that idea by him. Yesterday, yeah, we talked for about 45 Assistant minutes.
2: Assistant GM, Darren Wolfson.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, he likes that idea. <laughs> like he agreed with me that Cat can guard, you know, the opposition's power forward. And, I mean, really, in the NBA, you are who you can guard. I mean, on offense, it's very much positionless at this point. But, you know, just for, for defensive sake, you need to guard somebody, right? So the position you are is the position you can guard. But, yeah, Phil, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's something to be said about camaraderie cohesion, synergy, Ant and D'Lo forming what appears to be, I didn't think it would happen this fast, but what I've seen so far, and it's not just beating the lowly Pistons, the lowly Magic. What about the Utah Jazz, the Golden State Warriors? They do have some impressive wins going back the last handful of weeks. I mean, even, you know, them digging these holes, right? Since mid-March, they have six victories when they've gotten down, typically late first quarter, early second quarter, but they're down by 15 or more points. Then they find a way to win. Like That, to me, tells me a good amount about this roster. A roster that still needs work, but the fact that they can come back from those sorts of deficits six times in the span of two months, like, thumbs up to that. I mean, there is reason to be optimistic, to be hopeful moving forward. But, yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, even Cleveland, my buddy J.B. Bickerstaff led the Cavs to a win last night over the Celtics. Right? I mean, you would look at Cleveland and say, what the heck are you doing, Cavs? Right? And hey, some of their guys sat out. Garland is out right now. Nance Jr. is out. It's not like JB has his full complement of guys, but they found a way. Now, the Celtics are without a bunch of guys. The Wolves, by the way, play Boston this weekend. That game on Saturday got announced as a 1 p.m. start. We just found that out about 20 minutes ago. Then the game against Dallas at Target Center on Sunday night, that's an 8 o'clock start. So the Wolves have Denver tonight, Boston Saturday, Denver Sunday to finish out the season. But yeah, I mean, 28 percent, 40 percent, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I'm OK with them, you know, and and these last three games will be interesting. Certainly the Dallas and Denver games, you know, Dallas is still jockeying for position. You know, Boston may end up resting some more guys and Jalen Brown is out for the year. So not so much Saturday, but to some extent tonight, Denver and then uh, Sunday, Denver. Uh, excuse me. Tonight, Denver, Sunday, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are fun games like I'm I'm in, interested to watch and and. You know, see how it goes. But 40%, 28%, it's still below 50%. I, I did ask Gerson about, like, what was that back and forth like when you made the Russell-Wiggins trade? You know, like, at first, did you say, hey, like, you know, lottery protection and Golden State said no protection. And, like, how did you guys end up meeting at just top three protection? And he said, yeah, there's some give and take. We went back and forth for a while on that. And, you know, he really wanted d He really wanted Russell, so... He agreed to the top three protection just to get some sort of protection that it wasn't completely unprotected. The doomsday scenario is if the Wolves end up with pick four or pick five. This looks like right now it's a five-player draft. So if you're giving Golden State pick four or pick five, the optics are going to stink. It's going to look really, really bad. If you end up giving Golden State pick six, pick seven, or pick eight, I think you live with it. And Wiggins Mm -hmm. has been great. I was watching Wiggins the other night against Phoenix. You know, he scored 40. You know, he shot like 75, 80% from the field. His defense has been as good as it's ever been his seven years in the league. You know, Golden State is is pretty happy overall with the year that Wiggins has had. You know, but if D'Lo can keep playing like he has since coming back from the injury, averaging nearly 19 points a game, shooting about 40% from the field, mid-40s from from the field overall... Uh, you know, making some of those three-pointers. The playmaking, double digit assist the other night, like Chris Finch told me that in a Zoom when we talked a few weeks ago, that he really feels like he can unearth some more playmaking from d We're starting to see that. So, you know, if this is the d we'll see moving forward, I think it can be a win-win. But yeah, certainly it's going to hurt, whether you give them the pick this year or next year. I mean, it could be a situation where the Wolves protection. do land up in in the top three and then you know, it's unprotected next year. But then yeah. the hope would be you're so good next year that that pick is, you know, pick 14 or pick 16. But I'm just saying, if you end up giving them pick 6, 7, or 8, it's okay. It, it really is.
2: Hey, Dukes, how, how much uh, different does this thing look also at the start of uh, the coming season with Chris Finch and this team having an entire training camp and being prepared? Because it does look, I will say this. It looks like Gerson got the right guy. It looks like this guy one thousand yeah. percent yeah. can coach, mm-hmm. and and he's I don't know he's definitely not a rah rah guy, but he definitely seems like players like playing for him, which is a good thing, especially now in this league. So how different does this team potentially look with a training camp with a with ability to prepare actually for games as opposed to what we've seen with him, you know, coming in as an assistant from Toronto this season.
0: It'll look markedly different. It's actually unfortunate that it's, an, uh, it's not a, an 82-game schedule. It's a 72-game schedule that the Wolves would love to play another 10, 11, 12 games, you know, and, and we'll get back to the 82 starting next season. But, yeah, I mean, Gerson told me, you know, he'll give the guys a couple of weeks off, but the expectation is pretty quick here. Like, as the calendar flips to June, guys are back in at Mayo Clinic Square working out. There will be a summer league for the first time in a while. You know, Gerson mentioned... You know, heck, even Ant will probably end up playing a game in summer league, right? He didn't get a summer league last year, yeah. just to get some run this Man, summer. Wait, like, are you um, serious? We we could
1: see Ant in the summer league. He thought one that game, would be not the full summer he, league. One oh game. my god, he would destroy yeah. summer league just to get some run. You know, in,
0: in mid July or so, whenever whenever summer league is actually it might be more like August, right? Because the draft is late July, the yeah. lottery is be is August. late June, so things get pushed back. You know, ever so slightly. Uh, But, yeah, a full training camp, a full preseason. But make no mistake about this. The roster needs help. Like, they can't just run this thing back through and expect to make another leap. It's one thing to leap out of the basement of the conference, which they have. It's actually tougher to to now make that leap into the top ten or top eight. I think the play-in tournament will be here to stay next year, but we don't know that definitively. But let's say the top ten seeds make the playoffs again next year like they will this year. It's still another sizable leap to get into that top 10 or for sure that top eight. So, you know, they will have the mid level and all likelihood to spend. They may bring over Leandro Balmaro, who's, who's playing well for his team in Barcelona, but there's a buyout hiccup there. It's about $900,000. The wolves can only contribute so much money to that buyout, you know, so then some of it would have to come out of his pocket. So that's still up in the air. He may stay over in Barcelona for another year. If he does, then he would be here you know, two years from now, not for next season, but, you know, he's he's shown a pulse in the last handful of weeks. He looks like he's got a chance. I know Mike Schmitz of ESPN, their draft expert, really, really likes Leandro Bomaro. Like, that the Wolves, yeah. you know, nailed it with that pick, that that kid's got a chance to be pretty darn good. But, yeah, I mean, whether it's, you know, a Miles Turner type, uh, I think of some other, you know, rugged big men, like, like Holmes out of Sacramento, somebody of that ilk, they need that guy. They still need some shooting help. So I'll be curious to see, you know, as Gerson admitted, it's more likely that that those acquisitions come via the, the trade route. You know, again, they'll, they'll have the mid-level they can use, but more likely you're going to land a guy or two like that via trade. You know, so you look at a guy like Jarrett Culver, underwent ankle surgery last Friday. He'll be able to resume basketball activities in the medium term. Does some team still think the sixth overall pick from a couple years ago maybe just needs a change of scenery? Yeah. So could he be any sort of attractive trade chip? It's hard maybe. for me to believe that, but maybe Ricky Rubio will be an expiring contract. Yeah, that's, a valuable, season. That's, that's a valuable. That's a valuable ru- ru- trade chip. So they've got yeah. they've got some opportunities to make some trades this summer. Yeah, the
1: Rubio thing and we can sit here and say, Oh my god, it just like it didn't work out as well as you thought this year, and he's making seventeen million, but expiring contracts worth seventeen million dollars in the NBA are actually really valuable. So if you can find the right trade partner. Um Doogie, any, any updates? I know you've been reporting on uh, the ownership situation or or outside of the thirty day exclusive negotiating window. Any new information in the last few days on uh, Glenn Taylor selling to A. Rod and Mark Laurie?
0: Well, I suppose the update would be that Laurie did an interview. Was it with Bloomberg, some national outlet, in the last forty-eight hours, saying that they are near the finish line. That that no surprise, talks are ongoing. They always could have gone beyond the 30 days. I mean, you know, they labeled it as a 30-day exclusive negotiating window, but it's not like you can't talk on day 31, day 32, day 33. So talks are ongoing. Now, I get it that that others, like Aaron Aflalo, you know, he told Mark Stein of the New York Times, hey, guess what? You know, that 30 days is up. I'm going to reach back out again to Glenn. And I can guarantee you there's some other individuals reaching out to Glenn, but I think they're far enough down the road that what I told Judd on Tuesday still remains my belief that the deal eventually gets done. but I will tell you this, and this is is me playing both sides again, but just me being the messenger that that somebody who knows a lot of stuff uh, bet me uh, a sizable dinner the other day at a pretty nice establishment here in town uh bet me dinner. Uh, he is on the side of that this deal will fall through. Wait, where? Wow. Murray's? Wow. Man- yeah, one of the steakhouses, yeah. Manny's? Uh, well, yeah. One of the one steakhouses. Of them, yeah. Can we get particular steakhouses? <laughs> so, I mean, there are some people that think, <laughs> you know, and and you think about A-Rod's history. And, and, it won't fall and there's through. some it's shadiness Glenn. there, you know, that this thing could could fall through. But, you know, I take Mark Laurie at face value when he offered up those comments to whatever outlet he did a couple days ago that, Mark Laurie is the, the most line.
1: credible person involved here. Glenn <laughs> Taylor has gotten cold feet a number of times. A Rod is a lying, scandalous fraud. Mark Laurie is the only—not <laughs> that Mark Laurie—I don't know him personally, but um, you know, Mark Laurie is is probably the most credible of the three here. So,
0: probably, Let's but see. I mean, there are some sticking points. I mean, you know, Phil, I brought this up with you, but I'll remind you that they negotiated this 1.5 billion dollar transaction in the span of. A few days at Glenn's Naples, Florida home. Like, I just don't for the life of me understand how you negotiate a transaction of this magnitude in the span of just a few days. Apple so, pie from Becky. predictably, and the lasagna, and we get all that, but yeah. predictably, God. there are some now some sticking points. I think one of them is the transfer of power. You know, will it be a firm two and a half years where Glenn remains majority owner? Or could no. that timetable be sped <laughs> That's up? so
1: stupid. It's yeah. so Don't stupid. Don't you it's If you're spending that much
0: money, why the heck do you want Glenn? I get it. Glenn claims it was their idea to have Glenn stay involved for some period of time. <laughs> but why the heck does it need to be two and a half years? Seriously. Right? Dude. If you're spending that much money, why wouldn't you want to be majority owner as soon as possible? Plus, Glenn said that they can put some writing in on, on you know, relocation. I don't know that that you can, how ironclad that is, and and the resale value. Like if A-Rod and Lori wanted to sell the team in a few years, that could get interesting if that language is is written in. And I'm probably not doing a great job of explaining it, but even though A-Rod and Lori are firmly behind the idea of the team remaining here in yeah. the Twin Cities, I don't know if they necessarily want that in writing, if that writing can hold up. I mean, that... That definitely is some sort of sticking point. That I can tell you. I'm not doing a great job articulating it, but I can tell you the idea of, of there being something that's that's written in stone that they can't relocate the team, That that's a troublesome spot. Sure.
2: Speculation. All right, it's time to take the gloves off. Okay, the Mackey and Judge (laughs) show, especially with Doogie, is always at the forefront of driving conversations in this town, and we're not going to stop now. Okay, so I'm going to throw out a question, and Dukes, you take it in whatever direction you want. The Minnesota Twins, are we on the precipice of getting some sort of change there? I'm not saying Rocco's fired. Okay, just to be clear, but a hitting coach can get fired. The Mets blew out. Chili a couple weeks ago. Chili Davis, man. You can certainly make trades before the deadline. When you are this big of disaster and underachieving, and like Phil said, it looks like they are having no fun. Like this is not a, stop with the, well, they're trying hard, and they're just losing (laughs) game. Bad luck, bad luck. Okay, stop with that crap and understand you're watching Drek. So you tell me this. Do you get the sense from your spidey senses on Scoops that we are on the verge of something happening here, to at least, if nothing else, try and shake them by the shoulders and say, wake the hell up.
0: Not really. They did offer or were willing to pay Shane Green, a pretty good reliever that was on the market, more money than he got from the Braves, but he has a history with the Braves. He decided to go with the Braves, but I'm not quite sure that would have been this enormous shakeup. I will refute your point now maybe you were just you know uh, championing what what's coming out of that clubhouse but like playing hard like did you see josh donaldson on on the effort on, on trying to score on that ball last night yeah he loved well, home yeah he did no I mean, no i'm saying give that, me a break on that But that's a problem that's, that's a, a problem. problem so i'm not even quite sure they're playing hard no no i'm
2: i'm i'm mocking people that say that they yeah are.
0: and i get it so the playing hard thing just doesn't doesn't fly but no, no. they are not on the cusp and Joel Sherman, who I think does a good job on MLB Network, writes for the New York Post. He wrote a column the other day, Jay Happ, Michael Pineda, some arms that would make sense for the Yankees, and I'm sure the Yankees, you Jay know, if they might haven't have faded, inquired, m-
1: they will. J-Hap J- 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 might have faded back into the bushes like, uh, like, the, like that meme. You know, the although internet, the White Sox see, can right? make a lot of pitchers Homer.
0: look ridiculous. I still think if they want to trade Jay Happ, they can. <laughs> and I think those talks eventually pick up. I mean, I just I don't. I don't see reasons for optimism the rest of the way. When you're already ten games under 500, at yes. some point I think they go on some sort of run, yeah. but I don't think it'll be enough. So I think they're going to be in that in that seller category. And so to me, you sell all pending free agents: Pineda, Hap, Robles, Cruz, Simmons. Get rid of all of them if you can. You know, find you know who's the pitcher for the Braves that the that the Twins traded for Jaime Garcia a few years ago. Is it Yanoah? Is that how you say his last name? Y-N-O-A? Yeah, he's pitched I don't know how you pronounce his first name. Like two home runs? It took four years, right? But he's now a good starting pitcher in the majors. So, you know, trade Angleton Simmons for some teams Yanoah, right? Like, go find that guy. You know, so I'm all for the Twins selling. But, no, there is no sense that that major changes are on the cusp. To answer your question. The short answer to your question, Judd, is as we sit here on May 13th, no, they're not ready to blow this thing up to any extent. Okay.
1: We've got we've got more on that here coming up soon in our talking twins because I've got a, I got a few things to get off my chest as well when it comes to the twins. But Doogie, uh, we got to let you go. Rapid fire scoops to close here.
0: Well, Byron Buxton is talking in ten minutes. I'm going to head back down to the newsroom to hop in on the Buxton Zoom. Uh, the Twins will increase capacity at Target Field to sixty percent here in about a week, eighty percent through June. And then 100%, 100% capacity at Target Field. Now, it might be an easy ticket to get (laughs) come July 5th, but come July 5th, uh, 100% capacity at Target (laughs) Field. I was with Kerwin Walton Jr., the former Hopkins basketball star, on Monday. He never gave serious thought. There was a lot of Twitter chatter about, hey, what about Kerwin coming home? Play for Ben Johnson. He never really formed a bond with Ben, and Hubert Davis is his guy. I mean, he was upset when Roy Williams retired. He had a good freshman year at North Carolina, but he was all about remaining in Chapel Hill. Speaking of Ben Johnson, he is on the lookout for multiple big men. I can't go into great detail right now, but there is an injury situation in the Gophers' front court that will impact this upcoming season. So Ben still has some scholarships to play with. The number one priority is not one. It is multiple big men.
3: That is Darren Doogie Wolfson.
0: You,
2: uh,
3: speculation. I know Pierre LeBron and Michael Russo reported there could be some interest in Jack Eichel. Have you heard any info, any info on that front that the Wild could pursue Jack Eichel possibly later? I this mean, summer? it makes
0: logical sense, right, Declan? Yeah. No, I don't have any great insight right this second on that. But like Billy's been looking for for Billy. a top centerman for a while, right? So yeah, if he's available now, I wonder about his health situation. But yes, if if Buffalo is going to to listen to inquiries, one hundred percent. The Wilds are going to be at the forefront of those talks. I can guarantee you that.
3: Yeah, I'm in. Well,
1: that'll be a fun one to follow for the next couple months. By the way, the NBA draft lottery, I believe it's June 22nd. June
0: 22nd, uh, yeah, and then the draft is in late July.
1: So that's when we'll find out if the Wolves keep that pick mm-hmm. or not. All right, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams, five eyewitness news is Darren Doogie Wolfson. You can also find him and some just some great guests and interviews on the Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com. All right, Doogie. All right. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Rocking that old-school 1500 ESPN (laughs) polo today. Uh, Scoops and our talking Twins discussion today, powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk. If you like to ride, Dennis Kirk is the place for you, whether you ride a Harley, a Metric Cruiser, a sport bike, whatever it is. You'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day, and shipping is free. For orders over $89, they are the best in the business. DennisKirk.com, and we thank them for being a partner of us here on Mackie and Judd. DennisKirk.com. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, Judd already sort of alluded to some of this, but let's We're going to win Twins. We're going to score. Yeah. We're going to win Twins. What's yeah. most- uh, they, they, did, they did score a little bit last night. Yeah, that's nice. They score scored eight, eight runs last night. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't too bad. <laughs> so uh help me help me understand something here. I'm just reading through some of the reaction to this current Twins team mm-hmm. that uh that's 12 and 22. They're 12. This was a this was a world series contender mm-hmm. on paper going into the season, right? They are 12 and 22. And I'm just struggling to understand the tone surrounding this debacle. Star Tribune Thad Levine's gut feeling is the twins are about to turn a corner. The Athletic responding to some Miguel Sano criticism on Twitter. His contract isn't massive, eat your entire payroll up type of a bet. When they signed him to an extension, he was good. It's ten million dollars per year for one more year, which is very reasonable. And there's there's other sort of similar things, you know, people who cover the twins or bloggers or whatnot. And I just like, I'm Mister Positive around here. Like I am the Twins Homer of the Twin Cities, and even I am sitting here saying, "Are you freaking kidding me?" I mean, this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be. All right, now everything. You got Maeda is this stud pitcher, and you got you got four or five trustworthy starters. Your your bullpen, Colome. Your lineup is a combination of great established veterans and the young nucleus all emerging into their prime. And like, this is it right here. This is the window. You're in it right now. They're 12 and 22. So help me understand. What is this? Like, why defend what's happening right now? What is the, like, this is a debacle. This is every bit as bad as 2011, maybe even worse because in 2011, you could chalk it up to like 15 dudes around the disabled list. There's been some injury issues here, but it's been mostly just guys crapping the bed on the field for the last six weeks.
2: I'll defend my former paper by saying this. If a GM or executive comes out and says we're about to turn things around, you definitely write it. And then my expectation would be that a columnist will mock it tomorrow. Uh, So if the team says that, you go with that. That's fine. I, I mean, he's wrong, but that's still fine. Uh, As far as the local representation of the Twins and the hope that, you know, well, I mean, they could do this or they could do that or Jorge Polanco is hot. I mean, Phil, it goes back to an age-old discussion. It's driven by a lot of people in this town starting, as we always say with my guy, the late great Sid Hartman, who was always pushing the positive. And and look, I joke about it and it drives me crazy, but when Bally Sports North now, formerly Fox Sports North, spends its pregame show telling you that baseball's a funny game and a lot of things can happen, and the team tried hard. Um, oh, what was Bramer's, what was Bramer's he, tweet? He tweeted out
1: the, De- Declan and I can't see it because he's we're, blocked we're, both we're of blocked. us. So yeah, which, is, which is
2: really, really a shame because I have oh. unfettered <laughs> access to Mr. Bramer. Um, he tweeted the Twins theme song that, of course, we play. Go ahead. And how it reminds him that things will get better and how things aren't really that bad that it yes yeah. it's disappointing it it it's been tough but that's oh, how this man. market but that's how this market works that's why that's the thing about this market is it works on positivity and something has to be, ha, happen good good which is which is why our show has long offered an alternative to no it really doesn't this look look i'm going to write this soon but right now this is one of the flat out most disastrous disappointing seasons in Minnesota sports, per expectations. Yes, not not the Twins, and it's it's, and it's okay to, it's okay to call it that. But I mean, the 2010 <laughs> a- Vikings were a disaster, and they were you know a great team in 09. Um, I would say that the 2011 Twins, given expectations off of the division title in 2010, qualify right. Mm-hmm. But this fits right in. Yeah, I also you know this is amazing.
1: I think it was. I think it was De- Declan that brought this up yesterday, but I still, like, I woke up this morning, and I literally, like, I woke up, cleared uh, my yeah. eyes, checked Twitter, you know, and just, I love checking Twitter first thing in the morning. I do, he too. I love so just stuck in spiking your, uh, I'm addicted. your adrenaline by searching mm-hmm. through Twitter. And I, and I remember tweeting last night that Miguel Sano has yet to hit a double this season. And I woke up this morning, and I was like, I'm going to tweet that again. That's amazing. He's yet to hit a double. This is, It is what? May 13th. May 13th. This team has played about 20% of its overall schedule. And Miguel Sano has yet to hit a double. A double. I'm sorry, a what? A like, double. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> a double? Dude, what are you doing? And, and just to go off on him for one second, if I may, okay? So... He's 28 years old. He's in the middle of his prime right now. And he was supposed to be going back five, six years ago. And certainly 10 years ago, the, or one of the centerpieces for this franchise, like the, the middle of the order, bat the number three hitter, the number four hitter. And he's hitting eighth hitting seventh because he's terrible. And he's, he's unplayably bad offensively right now. And, and he, he looks heavy again too, and all those things. It's like, not only is he nowhere near being the centerpiece that people thought he was supposed to be, he probably shouldn't be in the lineup anymore, period. But you can't trade him because he makes $10 million this year and next year, and no one's going to take that out. You'd, you'd have to literally eat that salary for someone to take him, and then you wouldn't get a prospect back. That's where we're at. Max Kepler has shown some life. I will say the Jorge Polanco has come around quite a bit since we talked about him about two Coming weeks ago. Coming up next so. on Valley Sports <laughs> North,
2: Jorge Polanco yeah. <laughs> or Trish Speaker, Which
1: one would you yeah. want in their prime? But, like, the Miguel Sano thing is amazing. And I think yeah. everyone's still sort of clinging to, well, he got hot for two weeks last year. If you look at age 25 through 28 for him, he had the big 2019 season. The other 145 games for him have been a disaster for the most part. Like, batting average under 200. He's he's missing games because of injury all the time. On-base percentage below 300. Like, unplayable in three of the last four years outside of, like, a two-week
2: hot stretch last year. And by the way, in my opinion, the contract is inconsequential. This is one of your supposed star players busting. So, like, the contract to me is not the, it's not the discussion point here. The discussion point is one of your supposed marquee cornerstone players for years to come is a complete bust. That's the conversation. L- and if like, he
1: gets hot, it's too late. If he gets right. hot now, but I don't I want don't, like.
2: But if I paid him $10, that's not the point here. The, the, point, the point is this is a guy I developed and was supposed to become a great player, like a really good, consistent home runs, to your point, doubles. Um, he's a bust. So th- the price tag on him is not my worry. It's the fact that you are going to basically have to dump him off for nothing. Like you are literally going to have to leave him on the baseball garbage heap. Yeah, that's the problem. It kind of, it kind of
1: feels too. Just again, you know, watching the body language of this team, and it it well, it kind of feels like five guys, five different cabs, kind of a deal. I yeah. can't remember what what famous team that was. Said Oakland about, A's, but,
2: early seventies. Yeah, but they 25 won guys, s- twenty five cabs. But they won World Series. Um. So so Sports Dad has an idea, though. I think that the three of us can get rich, and here's how. I think that we, well, <laughs> we might not get rich, but what we will do is enlighten and educate. I okay. think we now have the genesis of a syllabus to teach a college class, and here's a college class. Joe Maurer, Miguel Sano, as far as the public in this town turning on a player. Oh, like Miguel Sano is walking like he's like, ah, I stink. I, and P, and people are still like, well, you don't understand. Miguel Sano might be fine. And and at the very least, there are a couple people upset. An entire stadium was pissed off at Joe. I would love to teach a college course on the psychology because I don't know how he got picked on like he did Good. in this town this. where we are. Forgive my French. What's fight as can be right yeah.
1: Dude, there were years that Joe Mauer would have like a three hundred average, yes. a four hundred on base percentage, and he would hit a he'd hit a couple more ground ball double plays than like the average player, and he wouldn't hit home runs, and people booed him. Yeah,
2: that's my point. People boy. booed him. How did this? But like, what? Wh- why Joe? Why did we turn so hard on Joe? And Miguel's Miguel Sano literally deserves to be booed every time he comes to the plate. And no one cares. <laughs> but, right? That's like my, does he get any negative reaction at all? There was uh, like what I kid you not, the last game that I went to, the afternoon game against Texas, I believe it was, Phil, there was one guy and it was hilarious, but he rode Miguel the entire game. But it was one guy.
1: But we love him because he hits bombs once in a while, right? So if he hits if he hits a couple taters, you know, but in he June not getting when the more? weather warms up. It's a great question. I think part of it is Joe Mauer made so much money, right? He made 23 million dollars a year on a 7 or an 8 year contract. And I do think it's a very Midwestern and Minnesota thing to to be a little envious like okay, you're going to come in here and you're going to make ridiculous money and you're not going to live up to what I perceive a player of that financial status should be, right? When you make that much money, you should be hitting more home runs. That's he sort does. of the, even though even though jo, Joe Mauer getting on base at a 400 clip during his prime uh, and when he played first base, he was a, kind of a disaster offensively in the injuries. And so I'm not saying he lived up to the contract from year one to year eight. But people always misperceived the true value that he brought. Right. He was a great defensive catcher who got on base all the time and hit 300. And wasn't paid a, well then? Well, during a few of those years. Yeah, that's for sure. the other thing
2: is before he got He'll the big here. payday.
1: Yep. So I think people people constantly saw the dollar figure over his head every single time he bounced into a four six three. Sure. Uh, Miguel Sano. Only I'm gonna say only makes ten million dollars a year. He's not touted as this highly paid, you know, record breaking contract guy. So um, also, like, here's another thing: Joe Maurer was ripped all the time for not being fiery enough and not being a good enough leader. Right? Like, when the team is down, why doesn't Joe show some fire and snap him out of it? Why doesn't Joe pull some guys aside? Mm-hmm. Wow, Miguel Sano's so 28. Dude's been around for like six or seven years. Been in the organization for a decade. Why, why don't we criticize, like, when the team's going poorly, dude, this is on you too. Why don't you, why don't you show some better leadership and pull someone aside and, and be a better pro, right? But we never talk about that. We just let him go on striking out in half of his plate appearances and waiting for his inevitable three-week hot stretch that's now going to be too late.
2: But he is, as you said, unplayable right now. Like, he is unplayable. He's not bad. He's not disappointing. He is a complete and utter bust at this point. And we are all like, and I, I don't know. It's just the the, the Maurer thing so intrigues me because of the amount of vitriol. Like, like you would have thought that we were Boston, Philadelphia with him, the way that we went after him, and he, it was like the only guy. I mean, how many guys? For the most part, guys in this town completely skate on things, yep. and we decided that Joe Maurer was going to be our guy, and and I just, I'm equally is disappointed that Sano is getting no heat. It's very disappointing. Like, where it's are you? Weird, dude. Where are you people? Criticize him, rip him. He deserves it. And by the way, if you at one point championed him, which was fine. Like at one point we thought, oh my God, he's got all this power, right? If you at one point were the Miguel Sano champion, this is your opportunity now to dump <laughs> on him. Like, like <laughs> dump on him, come back. And this is not, I don't fault you. You saw what you thought was going to be a really productive player. This yep. is this is why you set expectations. So if they're not met, you can lash out at that person or that team.
3: To Mackey's point about you know when he made a list of the top ten most important players of the Twin success, I think you made that list. Was that was that like a year ago? Last year, Phil was that like in twenty twenty when you were making a list of the top ten most impactful players in the Twins? And even if we want to revisit that now,
1: it was but, it was. Uh, I just pulled it up here. Yeah, it was it was in August of two
3: thousand twenty. Okay, so and, like like two months into their season. So if we're talking about. Miguel Sano being one of the top 10 most important players on a roster, and there's 26 players on a roster. If our argument is top 10 and not top 5 or top 3, I can tell you right now if he's in 6 to 10, then he really isn't that much of an impactful player. If if your argument is, oh, he's in the tenth, uh, 1 through 10 percentile, well, is that really more 6 through 10? Because if if he's really that important... You'd be saying he's one of the three most important players on your roster, and right now he's completely expendable.
1: So I'm wrong a lot, as you can tell by my Go historical write that down batting averages. Well, I got a hot I, streak I, right I, now, Miguel Sano. The, I am. That's true. I've skyrocketed to second, but um, but I, I tweeted out I tweeted out last August my stance on Miguel. This is this is right around the time of his hot streak. I said, my stance on Tano remains the same always. He's a good but streaky power hitter with very few other valuable MLB skills. He hits bombs in an era where a ton of guys hit bombs. He's not even one of the ten most important players on the Twins. I got savaged for tweeting that. Like, I went through and was looking at some of the replies last night. Like, I mean, like just savage. One of the dudes from Twins Daily screenshotted that tweet. It's like like the day after, and said you need to be inducted into the Bad Takes Hall of Fame, right? For suggesting that Miguel Sano is a one dimensional, and he's streaky at that one dimension, right? When he's not streaking with that one dimension, he's unplayable. That's like three of the last four years he's been unplayable. So I would I, I love the comparison to Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer took. A lot of, I think, unwarranted heat for a long time. Not that there weren't things to criticize about Joe, but like of the level of vitriol compared to how great of a player he was for a long time. Right. And Miguel Sano gets to strike out three times every day, have his twice a year, has a two week hot stretch, and we just marvel, oh, look how far
2: he can hit a baseball. Like, and the rest of the time, care. though, we Adam just. Adam Dunn sort of, could
1: hit a baseball
2: 500 feet too. Like, who cares? And the rest of the time, we just sort of ignore it. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, if you're going to be. I almost appreciate in some ways the weird obsession with Maurer's struggles and failures because that to me is sports fans. Like be a good be good sports fans. That's great. But then you gotta translate it to everybody. And and it it's almost like people that were wrong about Sano are taking it personally and like trying to trying to back off like I I didn't really say that, or I still think he'll be good. As opposed to my point is my point is when a guy disappoints you like this, dump on him. Like you've every right to be mad at Miguel Sano. <laughs> like he's let himself get fat again. He's awful. Like he is Dude, terrible. That's not a that that's not a you the Twins fan problem. It's for you to take it out on him which which you're not even coming close to doing which I don't understand. And by the way, last thing, I get the sense among the locker room problems, I get the sense Nelson Cruz has punted do you remember when Sano, and I think he did help him immensely, so I'm not trying to downplay that. 2019, no. I think Nelson Cruz, they put their lockers together. Nelson Cruz had a major impact, and and it definitely helped. Um, I'm getting the sense more and more he sort of punted on, on that, which which is a problem yeah. because I thought that they were going to be sort of linked. They definitely were back then. Feels like now there's a distance or something.
1: Yeah, I it's worth it's tough cuz reporters can't go into the clubhouse yet. It's been 2 years just with COVID, so if, like reporters haven't been able to go into the clubhouse and with baseball, it's not like players are going to like air out everything in front of reporters, but you can like the amount of it time sounds. that you spend in yeah. like the way that baseball beat writing works is you get like an hour and a half of pregame access where you can just roam the clubhouse and you can you can talk to players, and you can just see interactions. It's a very transparent, open, behind-the-scenes environment Mm -hmm. compared to like the NFL where they herd you in for like a 30-minute window sometimes, and the guys know when it is, so they stay out, and then they'll bring guys to the podium. Like baseball, all those dudes are just in the clubhouse on a regular basis, right? So you get to see the dynamics, and when a team is dead, we've been in those clubhouses before when guys don't like each other. You can tell there's sort of a frost in the air. When guys get along and there's a chemistry, you can sense that, too, because reporters haven't been allowed in in a couple of years. It's hard to tell. Like, what's the Josh Donaldson dynamic like? Andrelton Simmons has been a very vocal anti-vaxxer. I'm sure there's people on the team that adamantly disagree. Right. Like, there's some dynamics in play here that only exist because of the climate that we're in in 2021 that I think are having an effect. I don't think this team likes each other. That's my own personal opinion. When I watch this team and the body language, I've covered baseball before, some of it's the losing, like losing can wear on you, but I just feel like th- this doesn't have the feel of a we're all in this together and let's find a way together to bust out of this. It kind of feels like, eh, whatever, uh, I, don't, know, I guess I'm still picking up a paycheck.
2: I don't think that Rocco was built to handle this type of predicament. I think he's very much, if things are good, I I think he is very much into empowerment of people. And, hey, you know, Cruz, I'll empower you and blah, blah, blah. Um, I sense right now that he doesn't know what to do. And, like, he has no idea what button to push. The other thing that I would love to know, to your point, and it's the thing that we have no clue, and it's the one guy that I'd love to know how it changed the dynamic from day one, but certainly now, is Donaldson. I mean, because he, he is, yeah, a, cause wound, he is a, he's a brash dude. He's a brash, wound, tight as hell guy. Um, that 2019 team was very live and let live. A lot of fun. Rosario could screw up and they'd all sort of laugh, right? And, and Cruz Cruz dictated the atmosphere of that clubhouse, but he did it basically by walking in. There was never this, old, this overbearing. Um, so I would love to know what the Donaldson dynamic did because – that cannot be dismissed. Like you can't yeah. just say, well, this is not rotisserie baseball. This are this is real people spending a ton of time together. And the Donaldson thing to me would be the most interesting thing to just sort of get a feel for firsthand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point.
3: We're gonna win
1: twins. We're gonna score. Mm. We're gonna... Well, uh talking twins with Mackie and Judd here. You're a lot out of that today. Talking twins pretty much every day still. I, don't know how, I honestly don't know how long that's going to last at
2: this point. Plus, the Wild,
1: they're about to hit the playoffs. We got we got time. The, the Wolves off season. Fire up State of Hockey.
2: That, that's what we have to do. Yeah, the State of Hockey song has to be fired up.
1: Yeah, I'll give you this one. <laughs> that's going to be the song that plays when
2: you know, the Wild pulls a first-round upset. Sunday so, at uh, you know.
3: 2 o'clock, game one, against Vegas or Colorado. That is set in stone. So it'll be Sunday, okay, so game one. Oh, Sunday, Sunday, two Sunday at 2
2: o'clock. Some people are going to have to get back from their yeah, trips. Very... In,
3: I will be in very good spirits at puck drop at what does that 2 mean? o'clock central. I have a... So are
2: you, are, you, are you in on Monday or no? No, I, I'm, the... I'm in on Monday. I'm in on
3: Monday. Yeah, okay. I'm in on Monday.
2: He's now in on Monday because on Monday. The, Monday. the Wild. He was hoping that they wouldn't start. Yeah, till till monday, monday but i they okay. were going to start on monday okay hey
3: no playoff no. starts saturday yeah. dude
2: so you're actually very fortunate they yeah, yeah that, I, I, to i'll, drop I'll the take this
3: one but yeah two o'clock start and then of course two o'clock central
2: two o'clock central start on okay, sunday so noon in vegas possible but then
3: games two three and four are all like 9 p.m eight thirty, nine p.m starts in central time so we get the one afternoon start for sunday after matinee hockey and of then course. it's the, the late night coffee drinking because we're stuck UD, uh, in the middle
2: Stuck yeah, in the, the middle of the country, living on the west. I was going to say, Phil a doesn't care. Minnesota sports, Mr. Fan. Kraken don't care. Hey, you signed a player. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah,
1: did. Oh, did we? Kraken did we signed sign their player? first
2: player.
3: Some
1: guy took a took a walk oh, by he'll the never uh, play for him, but cl- that doesn't climate matter. Climate pledge, climate pledge arena, which used to be, I think, Key Arena. It was. They're redoing the whole thing. It's been shut down for like two years, just gutting it and redoing it. So excited for uh, future home of watch, your watch the wild future, come and play the Kraken. Future
2: home of your Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I hope not. I really hope not. I I'd like. To, I, I just want the expansion team so we can have some uh, Timberwolves can stay in Minnesota. You guys ready for some old tweets exposed here? Yep. Declan goes back in the archives every Thursday, and uh, and outs us for being mostly wildly
3: incorrect. So what do you got here? All right, talking Twins, talking Twins edition. This is from Judd Zolget on July nineteenth, two thousand twenty. There are a few guys on this Twins team that need to win now. Cruz Donaldson. For the potential work stoppage in 2022. But overall, the more you see some of the prospects, the more you realize oh. how bright the future oh. could be at Target Field. Mm. And yes, this is me tweeting
2: that. Yeah, Look like, at you, man. A very valuable lesson for why not to be positive right there. Oh, this was before the season, right? This
1: is before, because they didn't start yeah, 12, July 9th. They, yeah, you know, they started, started like, like right July right 28th. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really good about this. Ugh.
1: All right, sorry, so, so Judd, leader in the clubhouse here. Leader in the clubhouse. I'm in
3: the clubhouse. All right. Yes, I'll I'll, 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 such, um, a, such a bright future. I'll go next year because okay. Phil and I are a little bit attached. Oh, May 13th, 2018, Addison Reed <laughs> is so money. Absolute fantastic pickup.
1: Oh, my <laughs> <What>? God. <Okay. laughs> Has he pitched again?
3: No. I don't know if he has. He did get off to a very nice start in 2018 before yeah. things went completely off the race. I heard
1: because okay, he, he was like he was, he a, was good a reliever. He was a good reliever. He has not pitched in the major league since the twins. Yeah. I heard so he, he was, was not easy it, to get along with. In the two years leading up to the twins signing him, he had a <laughs> so 2016, a one nine seven ERA.
3: Yeah.
1: He had eighty appearances. The next year he had a two eight four ERA with seventy seven appearances, hundred twenty five career saves. And then, uh, kind of a disaster with the twins. Yeah, it's not, good. not good. So, it's yeah. arm injury?
3: I think Why so. He I think it was like a team. forearm. Uh, I think it was maybe something. Yeah, he was also a first class jerk, just
1: from what a, I heard. A jerk, yeah. Wad. But like, I mean, if he could pitch, yeah. But he with. But once he could, but once
2: he couldn't, they yeah. just said screw it. Yeah. You know. Okay. Give me Tyler Clipper.
1: Okay. I like that. Oh, that's Tyler pretty more. bad, man. I think I think Declan leads right now. One more, January thirteenth, twenty
3: eighteen. <laughs> this is a splash. This is a splash. Addison Reed <laughs> instantly becomes the twins' best reliever.
1: Oh, those are bad. Those are worse than Judd's. Because like bright future could still apply. They got yeah. Kirilov and yeah, Larnik. There's there's some there's, there's some, some bright spots. Barrios. Like I don't I don't think it's a full on like decade futility stretch coming up. I think they're I think they need a retooling for next year. Uh, so I guess I mean you and I it's the same sentiment. I yeah. think you and I probably tie for the
3: championship. We're both going to mail on, uh, jail on first degree here. I think we okay. both both take the We're title. We're accomplices. <laughs> as,
2: uh, Wait, you tied? No <laughs> shootout. We
1: both pretty much tweeted the no same guy thing on about second that, to
2: right. start the tenth. Let's break this Addison, tie. Addison,
1: Addison Reed the wouldn't mind. be able to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on and run. Uh, all right. Well, that was a uh, that was an informative and therapeutic episode of Mackie and Judd today. Let's go. We learned some things from Doogie as we always do on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. If you want, also we had a little Reckless Speculation Wednesday. If you haven't listened to our episode from yesterday, diving into the Jack Eichel wild rumors that are going to be a thing for the next couple of months. So. Check us out there, and then Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. It's our other daily show, and we appreciate everyone who has helped us. Uh, you helped us set a download record for Score North in the month of March, and we just we almost tied it in April. Mm. So it's been a it's been a fun spring for us as we continue to be your Minnesota sports therapist, Mackie and Judd, executive producer Declan. We'll see you tomorrow. We're doing Kickboxer. I'm ready. One of the classic you you it 80s no, action that. movies. Have you and you've never
2: seen it?
3: Never seen it. I'm very excited.
2: Yeah, I would never <laughs> seen it either till Tuesday, and now I've seen it.
3: Yeah, I'm punching on the Wild game. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not watching the Wild game. I'm watching Kickbox. Yeah, you're so not going to watch a Wild. It's a it's meaningless th- game. It's going to be Scrubs in like they're already, they're the, they're locked into three. You will see, see the future. Fu- oh yeah, the future the future of uh, the AHL Wild. Yeah, you're right, not the Minnesota Wild. Right. What's the deal?
1: So is, is Boldy just? So he's not part of? like, He's not skating around or anything. He's just not. Are they he's not still, calling up Boldy?
2: Uh, they're, they're going to for the playoffs. Uh, supposedly, right now on the taxi squad. Oh, but so he's going to be on. the He's roster going to be the on the taxi squad. I think he plays. I he, think they're going to. Him. I think they're going to unveil him. Yeah, he gets unveiled. I think this is being done on purpose. Mm-hmm. I'd wait
1: till the second period. Just catch the opponent as off guard as you can.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
1: he comes out. He comes out in a breeze. He My
3: God, it's Matthew Boldy. What the hell's he doing here?
1: A freezy mask. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> all right. NHL is – everything is WWE. Yeah. All right. We'll okay. see you guys tomorrow. Good talk. Bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has
0: all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone
1: get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card bakers fresh for everyone